For today's scripture reading, we will be reenacting the story of the Good Samaritan in both a biblical and modern-day perspective. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Jesus replied, A homeless man walking downtown to the bus stop, when robbers attacked him, taking his backpack, his cell phone, his wallet, and ran away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Now the mayor of the town is walking to his town hall meeting when he sees this beat-up homeless man on the side of the street. In a hurry, he turns his head and walks past the man. So likewise, a Levi, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed him by on the other side of the street. So likewise, a businessman was driving in his BMW late to work when he notices the homeless man beat up at the bus stop, but he passes without stopping. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. But a teenager... Ooh, but a teenager while going to school, saw this homeless man beat up on the side on the street by the bus stop. She stopped and wrapped her scarf around his wounds and helped him up. Then she helped him walk to the nearest hospital, acting as a crutch. The next day, the teenager came back to the hospital to check on the homeless man. She asked the nurse if she would keep, be sure to keep an eye on him until she was able to return after school. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Mary Thompson, and I'm a senior at Patrick Henry. For the past month and a half, we have been planning Youth Sunday for the congregation, and our theme is Love Your Neighbor, Love your neighbor based on the story of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10:27, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. When I read this, it teaches me how to be selfless and to appreciate the people that I have in my life. Last summer, my family and a few other members of the church went on a mission trip to Guatemala. We had a wonderful tour guide, which you all may know, Emerson, who works through Sedepka. We got to explore many different parts of Guatemala City and learned about the culture and how they live their daily lives. This mission trip was a life-changing experience to me in many ways. 
On the trip, each day was filled with new and exciting things to learn and see about that Emerson showed to us. One night, Emerson took us to the church he goes to every Sunday, and I got to experience a different way of worshiping God. But there was one in particular place that Emerson took us to that really had a huge impact on me, and it was in one of the poorer areas of Guatemala City. He took us to the dump where one of the schools were. The school was also called the dump because it was literally in the middle of where they put all of their trash. As Emerson was showing us around the school, I noticed how small the classrooms were and what very little school supplies they had, and also the very limited resources they had to run the school. Many of the kids also had to walk to and from school because their parents didn't have enough money for transportation for their kids. I also noticed how much the kids appreciated their school and loved waking up every morning to learn and see their friends while I complain about going to school every day. It made me realize with what little these kids have and how they go to school in an actual dump, they are still positive and grateful for everything they have. This mission trip has taught me how to love my neighbors even more, no matter where they come from, and has also brought me closer to God. So love your neighbor as you love yourself. These are the words Jesus spoke. We show our love for God when we love, e when we love one another, and because he cares for us, we care for each other. Hello, my name is Thomas Alvarado. I'm a senior at Patrick Henry High School. The Good Samaritan is a story about a good man helping someone along a road, teaching us to be kind and merciful to others and overall love thy neighbor. Reflecting again upon what the Good Samaritan did, he helped one in need. With the youth group, I have been able to help many people in need through Caritas and walk-in ministry. Ironically, I am sure that none of us, of all the times, we and the hundreds of people who drive through Richmond every day, including today, the Lord's Day, pass by those in obvious need. In each incident, these people are passed by like the many who, uh, like the many who pass, pass by the beaten up man. A good Samaritan would give them a ride or offer them stay in his home. We do not naturally exhibit exhibit God's type of kindness. Today, someone who is a good Samaritan is someone who helps others even at their, even at their own expense. This, this type of kindness does not come easily to, to us. This example was a literal analysis of the, good of the good Samaritan teaches us. God teaches us something else we can do to be good Samaritans. We should focus less on just the Good Samaritan's kindness and understand the historical context of the story. Can anyone tell me the nationality of the man lying in the ditch? Uh, well, Siri told me he was a Jew. Jews and Samaritans were not good neighbors. They hated each other. They called each other names and avoided one another. Jesus deliberately conveyed by using two adversaries, one helping his enemy. So who is our neighbor? Politicians tell us that the illegal alien, the Muslim refugee, and the unborn baby are not our neighbors. But if we are truly Christians, Jesus defines who our neighbors are, not the politicians. Politicians encourage prejudice, but not Jesus. It is easy for us to help our neighbors within our own towns, but not in another state or country. Furthermore, we want to limit our responsibility 
to others, but our responsibility has no bounds. Neighbor literally means someone near, near. But in the Good Samaritan, Jesus explains thy neighbor as any person. This is the purpose for Jesus' story of the Good Samaritan. Sometimes we try to boycott those who are in need or our enemies. But the truth is, we are all sinners. The Good Samaritan teaches us we should, like the Good Samaritan, be the first to display our unconditional love towards our neighbors and our enemies. Good morning. My name is Isabel Thomas, and I'm a senior at Freeman High School this year. I've been a part of this church for as many years as I've been alive, and I've enjoyed and loved the hospitality and homeliness that it has given me with graciously open arms. Though this church has been a huge part of my life and my faith, I can admittedly say that it wasn't until about four years ago that I knew what a life in Christ looked like. Though because of this place, it was familiar. Many factors played, in, played into my introduction to Christ, and of the many, this church and youth group was one of them. Knowing what a life in Christ is like changed the, the perspective of the way not only what my life looked to me, but how others' lives looked to me, like to me. It opened my ears, and it widened my eyes, and it changed my heart. The things I've learned about my purpose and who the Lord is has taught me lessons that would have escaped my ability to know had I not been introduced. And though there are many things to be known and learned, it's become most prominent to me that there never ceases to be an opportunity to love one another. Not a moment passes by where you don't have the choice to have the slightest amount of grace and be kind. Though typically this is a lot easier said than done, it helps motivate you when you know that this is what you were created to do. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The Lord our God is big. He created the universe, the ground we walk on, the air we breathe, the money we spend, the materials we take and use, and the people we see and have a relationship with. Everything and everyone we know belongs to him. Treat it so. A good friend of mine once told me that everything belongs to God. It's given to you on this earth to care for and to steward. To care for and to steward. We were given to each other to care for, to know and to love. You, me, we, they, are made by God for God to guide and love one another through even the toughest tests and trials of our lifetime. Our God sacrificed his one perfect son so that we could live in our brokenness because he loved us more than anything. In turn, it is our purpose to then love him by loving the ones around us. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I used to be asked all the time, where have you seen God this week? Having no clue as to how I would see the physical presence of God, I would spit something out like during my math test. Growing up, though, I started to realize that God shares his presence through the people he places in our lives. Another big part of my faith is due to a ministry that I've been a part of through my high school called Young Life. And every year we go to a week-long camp over the summer in the Adirondack Mountains up in New York. Summer after my freshman year, the only reason I went was because these junior girls had been constantly giving me their time and love, and I loved them so much in return that I would do anything for either one of them. Once bringing me to camp, I very quickly learned that it was the Lord loving me through them. That's where I saw the presence of God. God is so merciful and compassionate that he fills us with so much love and joy, we overflow with him, and it's hard not to share his good works and joy with others. Once this realization hit me, I knew what it was like to be loved in the most genuine way possible. 
My neighbors and friends, who were once strangers to me, sought me out to love me through my strife and brokenness, all because they knew how important it was for me to know and love our God. Since then, I've come to know that our purpose is solely rooted in Christ, and everything we do is meant to glorify him. Getting to know our neighbors and loving them despite their wrongdoings or their differences is what we were made for. I was at a conference a couple weekends ago, and one of the speakers came up and talked about a speaker she had heard from um, a few weeks prior to that. She quoted him and said this, The broken are the ones who know compassion. And the end of this passage about the Good Samaritan, it notes that the true neighbor is the one that, and depending on the version, shows either mercy or pity. Now, pity seems to be an unusual word to express love for someone else, but when put into context, it only speaks more truth. Personally, when I hear the word pity, I almost assume it means to look down upon. But, and yes, I'm going to read you the definition, the dictionary expresses pity as a feeling of compassion caused by the suffering of others. Here's the truth. I'm broken. Chances are you're broken too. In a world with so much comparison and misfortune and aggression, I'd say most people are pretty broken. So then the question is, if you know so much what it feels like to be broken, why not try to prevent others from feeling that way? Love your neighbor as yourself. We are God's handiwork to do good works and give him glory. He gives us plenty of opportunities in a dark and divided world to love. And to sacrifice time to love leads to immense celebration. Consider it a blessing that God has called us to be in fellowship with one another and do great things. If he made man walk on water, he can certainly share the good news himself. Yet, he gives us the opportunity to share the good news with and experience the eternal joy of life with one another. It's easy to revel in the freedom of faith and grace that the Lord has given us, yet we are commanded to share it with the people around us, our neighbors. Take what he's given you and go. The job of loving is never finished. And here's the thing that's hard. It can be difficult to step over barriers and see eye to eye. And it can be scary to step out of your comfort zone and reach an arm out to an unfamiliar face. Fear is something that's real. But God's love is something that's real too. Sacrifice leads to celebration. To understand and to know that God is bigger than any fear you have and that his presence and confidence in your strength is forever constant is to know that you have the most almighty God and that with him you will never fail. To sacrifice yourself and overcome one second of fear in the name of the Lord will forever give you the joy of seeing his presence. Not once have I heard, I felt the Holy Spirit, and honestly, it wasn't that great. Never <laughs> will you ever hear that. Sacrifice leads to celebration. In the book of Matthew, there's a story that many of you are familiar with. It's when the disciples see Jesus walking on water, and the word used to describe Peter and the other disciples, terrified. But it also says that Jesus immediately says this, Take courage. And with that, Peter overcame his fear and took step onto the water. And because he took that leap of faith, he came to know the power of the Son of God. And do you know how many lives Peter touched from then on? Take courage. That's all it took. Step out of your boat. Recognize the immense power of the Lord's love and urgently reach to the people around you. So here's the good news. God loves you, and God loves your neighbor. Glorify him by loving others as he loves, and in turn you will know grace, and you will know love, and you will see miracles. Be swift to love and make haste to be kind. Alec is sure to have those words make an appearance every Sunday, and it's not going to stop today. Love, love, love.
Love your neighbor.